Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And it's a steep hill like this. Somehow or another, this man who's lived there for 30 plus years drives up behind the house, takes a turn, but he ends up here and then tumbles out of the car. Out of the car. Out of the car. This car story is so confusing to me. Thrown from the car, not thrown from the car. I don't get it. Was the car totaled? He didn't come home and you're like, where is he? She went looking for him. When he finally called me, I said, where have you been? So I was just assuming he was with some other woman. Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. With me, Cara Berry, all things Roni and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills edition. Join with me. Girl, y'all know I had to talk. I had to have somebody on to talk about what the hell happened this week on both franchises. And of okay. course. Crazy. Wow. Oh, crazy. Unbelievable. <laughs> um, Hannah, hello. You were the host of a podcast called Real Hits of the Housewives. Is that right? Did I get I that right? Yeah, you got that right. Okay, let's talk about that because I think it's such a great concept. You go back and you have found really great guests, myself included, and you go back and find like the best episodes out of all the franchises and have people talk about them. And it was such a treat to be on it. Oh, well, it was such a treat to have you. You're such a star. I'm such a big fan. Um, The podcast is really so, so fun. I think so at the beginning of quarantine, I 
was like, I'm going to go through and very intentionally rewatch every city, every season, every single episode to create a list of the hits, or I guess Mm -hmm. like what I call the hits. And it's like, serves as this sort of nice little list where um, if you're someone that's never watched it before and you have like a particular flavor that might get you hooked, I can like easily reference you to an episode. Or if you're um, a huge fan and you just need like a very particular kind of like hit of the moment, like a little high, then you can fire up an episode using that reference list. Cause I feel like it's really, it's, it's just so overwhelming, especially for people who haven't watched before. So I really wanted to do something that was like the good, good, like best version versions of why we love this stuff yeah you really do the lord's work because there's truly nothing more annoying to me as a person who like has to watch an entire series of something that i enjoy is somebody asking like i haven't watched this show what should i start with you're really giving them everything they need because i would just be like start from episode one season one like please leave me alone so thank you thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, well, I always refer to it as the Bravo cinematic universe because there is like so much content that it really reminds me of like, if I were to even try and watch a goddamn superhero movie, like I, I, I don't know where to begin. Where does the story start? It's like so overwhelming. And so to be able to dial it down, I think makes it much more palatable. And I do feel like a proselytizer when it comes to Bravo, because it's like, if you're not into it, I'm going to need you to be into it. So here's an easy way to start. Bless you. I mean, at some point, (laughs) you know, the world is going to come to you and say, thank you. Thank you. And amen. Okay. And I I hope so. You. <laughs> <laughs> start with Real Housewives of New York. So, okay, I like your feeling about this season because a lot of people are not feeling too great about it. So, where where's your head at, and where's your heart okay. at? Really? Okay, so. New York is my favorite franchise, always has been, and I'm struggling with this season. I think that we're seeing this really across the board in Dallas, in Beverly Hills, on New York, where uh, Bravo has been super segregated for a really long time. The Real Housewives have been super segregated, and so Bravo was like, sure, let's throw some Housewives of Color in here, and then just like fully threw them to the wolves. And Mm. I think that Ebony is a star. I think she's in, I, she has all the makings of an iconic housewife. She's a good person. She is entertaining. She won't back down. She's emotionally intelligent. She has all the makings for a housewife that I would really love and really root for. And I just feel like the women are just showing their true colors and it's hard to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to watch. And I just wish that people would stop pointing the finger at Ebony for like yes. shaking the table because she's an icon. Sorry. Oh, my God. She's incredible. And they definitely don't. They have this very like old guard kind of element like vibe yeah. about them, especially mm-hmm. between Ramona and Luann and Sonia. And it's like you all you guys are doing is just like putting on display the parts of you that are like icky and disgusting and that we hate. And up until this moment, we tolerated those parts of you because you were giving us something else. And now you're like really dialing those up. And so we hate you. (laughs) 
um, are you part of the cries to have Ramona, you know, sent out to pasture, so to speak? And oh, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I okay. So I got this is so embarrassing. Um, I got really into Dumois over quarantine and I like found Dumois for the first time and was like following and I was like this is it it's real life gossip girl I love it and then like quickly decided that I hated it but <laughs> that was right at the time when Dorinda got fired and it was all over Dumois that they were gonna announce Ramona getting fired the next day and I was like god damn thank you and then it it just like never happened uh yeah damn I really like dip in and out of Dumois depending on like who sends me stuff um yeah, that's a minefield, that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, like, really excited about it and was like, I love this. Dumas, everything to me. It's my whole personality. And then very quickly was like, Jesus fucking Christ, that's so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> I think that seems to be, like, the general consensus. But let me not, like, yeah. say this and then have them on my podcast in two weeks and be like, oh, my God, I love you. <laughs> so, um, let me. Okay, so let's talk about the episode. We're in Salem. Um, this is an interesting place. I, you know, I'm not living for it. I'm not hating it. I'm happy to be out of the Hamptons. I feel like we spent too much time in the Hamptons. Right, you know? right. I agree. I, I just feel like the, the vacations are getting a little too long. But also it's like, what what can you do in New York at this point? So, well, you know, again, if I'm going to harken back to my Dumont journey, um, I just remember seeing lots of people were putting in spotted the Real Housewives of New York filming in Salem, Massachusetts, what for what felt like three weeks. So yes. I knew that this was coming and I knew that we were going to get a lot of content from this trip. Sure. Um, so the beginning of the episode is a continuation from last week where Bershon and Sonia really got into it because I I just gotta say like I don't really like Bershawn she's not for me she's not for me mm -hmm. I don't hate her but mm -hmm. she's just like not my kind of gal um yeah. I find her just to be a little well we'll we'll get into that later and I think she she yeah. does talk to my feelings about this but to see Sonia like get so up in arms with somebody like I don't know that kind of like lighted a fire within me I was into it yeah well I thought it was so interesting like this fight to me was incredibly bizarre for like I gotta write a term paper about this fight because thus far Sonia has been this weird shining beacon of like white allyship like she's been it's like she has these moments of lucidity where it's like wait what like all of us are shocked because she sort of gets it and then it, this fight that happened last episode at the table it was like felt very uh racist to me um particularly because Bershawn was not I mean she's also like not really my flavor either and I don't necessarily know that she's like meant for this show but she was not being any more um aggressive or uh rude than literally any single one of them has ever been to each other like these women bite each other's heads off on the reg sure yeah i mean the like <laughs> look let's look back to like cartagena or wherever where bethany's like practically in a state of like catatonic nature like calling luana whore you're a slut you fuck everybody <laughs> like it's like literally in fun, like it at the end of this episode, Sonia looks at Ramona and goes, Shut the fuck up, Ramona. I was quiet this whole time. It's like, 
you guys are so mean to each other. And Bershawn makes like a comment about you guys being boring that I guess could be considered rude. And every single one of you guys made her into the enemy. Luann, once she said grandma, Luann was like, I'm done. Get her mic off. I'm leaving. I cannot. Like, Lu- just to see the turn. Like, I-, I love to see when Luann turns to, like, evil Luann. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Switch flips. And it's always an exciting time for me because of how she reacts. Like, when she called Carol Ratsville, that was hilarious to me. That's so funny. And, and that like, was the hilarious. way she said it, too, like, Ratsville. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, it, yeah, this felt very like once Bershon, like they were waiting for Bershon to fuck up. And then they were like, no, we're not dealing with this anymore. Like Luann's going to act like now she's so loyal to Sonia and that like I'm going to stick right. up for my friend. Like, okay, okay. This yeah. is about you. Yeah. But if you wrap this up in Sonia, then fine. You just didn't like being called old. <laughs> Let's be real. Yeah. Um, yeah. When Leah said she was gonna go free free bleed in her hotel room, that was a moment. Mm. That was an <laughs> that was a truly iconic moment. And I like <laughs> have seen some things online where people get are very up in arms about that. To which I say, fucking relax, please, <laughs> for once in your life. And I, you know, Leah is like really rubbing me the wrong way this season, just because I think she's trying way too hard to like shoehorn in her edginess which feel like comes across very like okay okay like we get it we get it you're young you're not these like old you know you're the new guard or whatever you want to call it but I did I mean that that is like without fail a hilarious joke (laughs) it really is um so then we get to the next morning and um everybody's getting ready for the day and Leanne excuse me Leah calls Luann and it's like, um, hey, I just needed to let you know that Sonia and Bershawn got into a physical altercation last night. And Lou's like, what do you mean? I dropped everybody off and I thought everybody was like safe in their rooms. Turns out that's not what happened. So Bershawn went to Leah's room to get a melatonin. I'm really, I don't think there was an explanation as to why Sonia was there, but she was. Um, Bershawn called her drunk. That set right. her off. And then... Uh, Sonia starts to put her finger in Bershawn's face, which as a black, I was like, oh, well, see, this is where we're going downhill immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, not putting fingers mm-hmm. in the face. I don't know if, like, you could tell me, like, do white people have this conversation about, like, no fingers in the face? Because that is, like, cardinal sin number one. Like, no, down. no, we don't. Okay. We don't have those conversations. And <laughs> I think it's like this moment is very clear that Sonia does not have these conversations. Yeah. 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 She tells Bershawn, like, I'm fucking real. Don't come into my life in 10 seconds. Tell me who I am. And uh, yeah, she they start fighting and getting into it. And then Leah's getting in between them, screaming, please, nobody touch my new nose. Like, I, I can't break it. <laughs> the producers are on the other side of the door in the hallway, screaming, let us in, let us in. Leah's finally able to open the door and also remain between Sonia and Bershawn. And it's just like a little bit of bedlam in Salem. It, and- yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. And it's like... um. I wrote Sonia's rage is scary uh, because it is. She like she's normally such an even tempered woman. And then when she yeah. drinks, she flies into these rages. And I think she uh, maybe in the past, a lot of the other women have just sort of 
tried to uh, almost like straight jacket her in those situations. But I think about when, you know, she's screaming in Dorinda's face about how she parties with John John Kenny and like all these like like she does get really rageful and she does get really in your face. And I feel like we enjoy it on television. But I would think that if I was there in that moment, I would be like, this is terrifying. You are someone said something so innocuous to you and you are ready to like scream in their face. And that's really violent. And break the glass of a fire extinguisher as oh a producer my God. for like party away. <laughs> like, yes, girl. and you know that something. There's also like another sinister level of it that we're seeing this in a recap as opposed to seeing mm-hmm. it like taking the footage and making it a scene and then going into the next day. Like, why are we seeing this as Leah mm-hmm. recapping this and we're just getting little clips like? In any normal Bravo universe, that would be a 10-minute scene, and they would get the juice out of every single part of that scene. So there's, like, this extra part of me that feels like there's a liability element or something. Like, I don't know why they did that. Yeah, I mean, especially when you're, like, we saw everything at Potomac. We saw every play-by-play of that barn scene. So, like, it's not, like the cameras weren't up it's not even like they even ha- only had cell phone footage like they had their professional the mics were on the boom mics were there <laughs> the lighting was set up like why did we not see we saw it why did why did we only see it as like an afterthought it's very strange to me yeah yeah i i definitely clocked that as unusual and it makes me think there's something behind the scenes that they made that choice from a production perspective there had to be there absolutely had yeah. to be go back to your point of like i do you i mean it feels like sonia's been able to sort of get away with if you want to use that phrase her drinking because there's always been somebody worse you know <laughs> like there's always yeah. like dorinda <laughs> Or there's Luann when she had her periods of like issues, you know, like there's always been somebody who she could kind of hide behind their like even worse. And now there's nothing, there's no tether, you know, like. Yeah. And also like them confronting her about her drinking in this episode is very much like, God, how, why why are we seeing this now and not like four seasons ago? It really is insane how she's been able to get away with being absolutely shit tanked in every scene for years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, they've been playing like hot potato with the sobriety thing for quite some time. Like, well, you can't say anything about me drinking because look at you and look at you. And like, how am I any worse than you are? And like, yeah, it's, it's, um, an interesting thing to behold. Um, like I said, Luann's still hot under the pants over Bershawn because she called her old. And she says that Bershawn's a shitty life coach and that she doesn't need to be sticking her nose in other people's business like that. <laughs> okay. So Damn. then Leah, excuse me, R- Lou and Ramona go into Leah's room. And Lou starts like theorizing what she thinks is going on with Rashawn. She's like, I think that it's Ramona's fault. I think that Ramona, you basically sold us as these like swinging from the chandeliers, good time gals. And then she gets there and half of us are sober. And I think she was like just lashing out because she expected one thing and got another. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I also, again, I'm just going to like repeat this until I die. You guys say the worst things to each other. Like, why are you analyzing some new woman calling you boring? I mean, I think it's a, like the family thing of like, you can, we can say yeah. something, but you can't say anything. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think she's probably right, but also who cares? Yeah, it really wasn't that serious. Luann, um, you're like, how old is Luann? She's got to be like fifth, mid-50s. Yeah, she's got to be in that zone. So it's just like, I mean, I don't know. She, I guess she also does. She does seem to want to stay like young and hip and youthful. So maybe she that just like really struck a chord. Yeah, she's 56. But like. Literally, yeah. I would be if I look like Luann, I would tell everybody I was 56 too. Like, you look like oh, a 100%. Child. Like, fuck off. She looks way better than I do. And oh my God, her 20- body? Are you kidding? Like, get out of here. She looks amazing. That bitch. Yes. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, it, it's, it's, yeah. But okay. So then Ramona, I have to say, like, I'm a little bit surprised about Ramona's relationship to Bershon in that, like, I, I'm a little bit more surprised that she didn't leave her out to out to like, like hang her out to dry and just like, well, sorry, I agree. This is, I, I was actually shocked by that. Um, I was I'm shocked, shocked by, by the fact that, that she too. was like, yeah. Shocked by the fact that she was like, Bershawn, I want to hear your side of the story. And Bershawn does something that I hate, which is where she says, I'm a girl's girl. And it's like, okay, well, what does oh, that I mean? Know. <laughs> I, I definitely hate it worse when a girl says I'm a guy's girl but to say like I'm a girl's girl it's like okay well what are you trying to get out of here um and also it doesn't have anything to do with you calling somebody a clown in a drunk that's not really girls yeah girl <laughs> yeah um, I mean the way I see it is like it, you're either a, a human or like a subpar human which I would yeah. say generally women non-binary people etc fall in the human category men straight of the straight cis etc fall in the inferior category and Mm -hmm. that's all we need to say thank you period and let's all yeah um so Rishon's like I I don't know I just she's she's confused and Ramona's confused and Rishon basically says that it's kind of like Ramona's fault because or Sonia's fault because she, you know, got in her face and that's like not something you do in the black community. Cause you know, you get in my face and you could get hit or don't be surprised what happens. And, um, but then it's like, also don't tell a drunk person that they're drunk. Like, where do you think that's going to go? It's never going to be a, a good conversation, you know? <laughs> right. Right. But also Bershawn said it in a, in like a little bit of a loving joking way. Yeah. Yeah. She, she literally said she was, she was like, I love this bitch. She's drunk. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is that like, she just doesn't know Sonia and know not to say that. Yeah. 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 The whole thing is, is super <laughs> messy. I mean, Ramona tells Bershawn, she was like, well, I told you to stop provoking her. I told you to stop provoking yeah. her. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, I don't know, you guys. I mean, I think maybe these, it was just like a cock, it just felt like such a cocktail moment, you know, of like, this is going to bother this person, this is going to bother this person. Everyone's putting pressure on the wrong area. Like, none of this was going to end well. 
none of these women's like conflict resolution skills are great which is probably <laughs> why we have such a good show <laughs> yeah um so then Brashawn is like okay maybe i shouldn't just like walk into a group of people i don't know and say whatever because you know and i just assumed because ramona you and i had such an easy relationship and we were so fun that like i just got too comfortable i thought all the girls were the same and they're not so i get it and yeah. So then Leah, like, I love that Leah has to tell everybody what happened. So Ebony's in her makeup chair and she's like, girl, let me tell you what happened. They're FaceTiming from their respective makeup chairs. And she's telling her about the altercation and Ebony's horrified and um, she's worried about how things are going to be in the group. And, you know, I, I don't know. Leah says, I'm just more focused about Sonia and her sobriety. So she has mm. now decided that today is going to be the day that she's going to have an intervention right in front, right before a seance, mm -hmm. but also, <laughs> which seems like, again, a very strange choice. But okay. Um, so then Ramona goes into Sonia's room and in a confessional, Sonia says, I have a taste for luxury, not for cheap red wine. And that's all I was served last night. And so that's the problem. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Sure. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> sure thing, girl. It's it's the two buck chucks issue. Not not everything else. Uh, but okay. Of course. Yes. <laughs> um, Sonia's really not feeling Brashan. They're not making eye contact. They it's very mm. awkward. They're having to get on this car for a 40-minute commute. And Leah's like, hey girls, obviously there's an elephant in the room, but like, can we all just sit on our phones and not talk to each other for this ride? Which would have been like perfect for me. Oh, um, I would have loved it. <laughs> did you notice that as they were getting into the van that somebody was like taking pictures of them? What, like a paparazzi? Like a fan. It was like a like a twenty five year old girl was like <laughs> outside of the like with her phone and her mask on, um, just like filming them. I love that because you you know that the editors try really really hard in like the public scenes to avoid the angles in which someone's in the background like staring at them and so yeah. when it comes through I'm always like yes like I'll eat it up. It really gives me like memories of Jersey Shore when they were on the shore and it just got too much and so like the last few seasons you see Snooky like just drunkenly walking around with those crocodile slippers on like on the beach and there's like 75 mm -hmm. people behind her just watching her. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord um so then what happened okay so then they get everything they get to the place and you know, Brashawn's trying to say, listen, I've got girlfriends. We have a rapport with each other. I call them grandmas all the time. Like, it's not something that anybody takes personally. Luann tries to claim that she was just being defensive of Sonia because that's her friend. And I'm sure in about two episodes, we'll see her just very... Just Eviscerate her. her the bus and eventually. Um, so then Brashawn turns to Sonia and apologizes to her individually. And... Sonia initially is not like really trying to hear it but then she's like listen we had a good connection on the ride here and I like trusted you and we have the flashback and I have to say that I like this information because I don't think we knew that Sonia bought the townhouse and the husband renovated it hmm I did not know that either yeah I thought that was very interesting um yeah 
Hmm. So then Sonia's trying to explain her feelings, but Ramona starts talking at the table, and this is the moment that you were talking about, or Sonia's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I sat here and I was quiet this whole time, so you can be quiet. Which, like, given who it was directed at, like, I didn't see an issue with that. Like, I would love to No, I see, oh, I see <laughs> no issue with that. I also really love, because this is a pattern for Sonia throughout this season, where she's like, I think she's kind of over it with Ramona after all mm-hmm. their years of loyalty together and all the years of Ramona kind of treating her like trash. I think she's yeah. over it this season because she's just like any moment she can, she's like, I'm not going to defend this bitch. Like she's very intense with Ramona this season. And it's true. I mean, I love a sequence of events in which Sonia is entirely silent and listening the whole time and then and then her apology and acknowledgement was like not bad like okay i see you you got this and so then i love just a quick in-between moment of shut the fuck up ramona because that is one thousand percent my conflict style it's like listen 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 calm response and i swear to god if you try and make it messy i will cut your throat yeah exactly exactly yeah. i loved it and i feel like this is all stemming from ebony like in a good way i feel like ebony gave her one compliment and that was like all that she needed to like empower herself and i love it i know i, re- I love this storyline of like because it's true i mean the women have used sonia as a doormat and like as the butt of a joke for s- several seasons mm-hmm. and i love that ebony is coming in and using her connections using her her money using her support etc to be like i'm gonna uplift you because i can see that you're the underdog here and i think it's really sweet yeah i agree i agree so i like that sonia was able to like express how she failed and not be irrational or not continue to be irrational and say hey like it wasn't that you called me a clown I'm fine with that it's the way that you were like physically mimicking me that really set me and like made me feel some type of way and uh you know they hug and they make up and you know Sonia says I like to apologize and move on I don't like to hold grudges it's not healthy she's a good woman she is at her core she absolutely is I think she's like one of the very few genuinely good housewives. I think so too. She really has like, because when people come on my podcast, I ask them like, who are your favorite housewives? Who are your favorite cities? And without fail, almost every single person says Sonia Morgan. I mean, she's a crowd favorite and she really resonates with lots of people who have lots of different opinions. And I really think that it's because like she's had some moments of being like a little bit problematic, but for the most part, I do feel that she like makes fun of herself more Mm -hmm. than anything else or that she punches up when she gets the chance like she doesn't she doesn't it seems like she's ready to put herself at the butt of a joke before someone else and I think that's a really important distinction yeah I agree and I also think that like when it's um where was I going with this when she like you said she punches up and I feel like when she does come for people she only comes from a place of hurt not to hurt them but to tell them how hurt she is and it's never just it's just never malicious I I can't recall a time where I've seen her be like straight up malicious and mean towards somebody yeah yeah she's not malicious she's mostly harmless and anytime she does anything that is not so great or that you kind of have to be like oh Sonia it's usually coming from a place of ignorance yeah yeah um, so we quickly get back to our regularly scheduled pro- program because as they're ordering, Ramona's like, I'm going to be just so horrific to the staff and the employees. And, um, 
her sushi was not brought out at the correct time. So she was right. telling the waiter to tell, quote, Mr. Sushi Man to hold off. <sighs> like, whoa. <laughs> I, oh my God. I just like the way that this woman repeatedly treats service staff like they are garbage is so like that is enough for me to be like get this motherfucker off my tv awful it's <laughs> so sad that does not have the cachet to be referring to people as mr sushi man without that being like incredibly loaded <laughs> and i think she needs to know yes. that like you don't have the range to be saying things like this ma'am uh, and no people- ma'am the people who do would not say it. So there you go. Um, mm-hmm. So then the ladies are getting ready for their seance. And Leah's the first woman in the lobby. And, you know, Leah's, my relationship with Leah's wardrobe is a, a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Very down, very up and down. Um, this was a down for me. Um, the mm-hmm. jacket had like, it looked like she was a toddler that took her mom's like, you know, like a leotard with snaps in the middle, but yeah. then didn't have the dexterity to snap it. So it's just that strap of fabric that's hanging in between her legs. Like, what was, is that a coat? <laughs> what was I it? don't know. I feel like I generally hate everything that she wears. And this was like no exception for me. I mean, I think she has moments where it's like, she's just got such a like, I mean, she listen, she's got a great body. Okay. She's got a very particular type of body. Like it's unbelievable that she is what she like late thirties. She has a child, mm-hmm. et cetera. She looks smoking fucking hot. And so I when if you want to wear a version of chaps to every single place that you go, by all means, please do. But I, I don't like her style ever. <laughs> it, it really toes the line of like, high fashion like downtown street wear I mean, you're more of a fashion person than i am but like it, it really toes that line of like that and like, just like hor- horrible <laughs> yeah horrible. yeah but, yeah i mean whatever go off queen i don't fucking care <laughs> <laughs> right. um so the producers asked the ladies about their experience with seances. And of course, like, they're like, no, 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 not my thing. Not my thing. And except for Sony. Who's like, Oh no, I like, I have a host of mediums on my roster. I talk to them all the time. No big deal. This is old hat for me. <laughs> Absolutely. We w- we expect nothing less. Nothing less. She's lighting her abundance candle all the time and just mm-hmm. seeing what, seeing what the universe provides for her. Um, Leah's really nervous because she is like, you know, her grandmother just passed and she doesn't really want her to come through. But also like, wasn't this your idea to have a seance? So what are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? I know. I know. Um, I'm struggling to connect to like the grandma journey with them just because I did not have a relationship with either one of my grandmothers. Um, And so I just, I'm like, I like can't connect to this level of pain. I have a grandma that's still alive and I'm just like, I I don't die. You know, (laughs) she just, I mean, she's also like a terrible woman and I haven't spoken to her in many, many years. So I am justified in saying that, but I just like the intensity I don't relate to, but you know, whatever. I mean, I, I feel like if I just lost someone really important to me, I would love it if they came through to a seance. I would throw one specifically to talk to them. Yeah. 
especially with Marion, she was fucking killing it. Um, I need to get like her information, but so they get oh, to I the know. location for the seance, and the first thing that Sonia does is order an espresso martini, which to me is mm. like fine because she thinks that it's going to just be like a night with her girls, but then everybody's like, no, we need to have a talk with sonia and really have an intervention and we need to do it right now right before the seance so they like put all this emphasis on the espresso martini but it's also like she didn't know what you guys were about to do so i don't i don't know i didn't really think it was like oh my god she ordered a drink like well yeah all all of you did yeah yeah And also in a situation like this, I would have, I mean, granted, I'm not on a TV show, but I probably would have approached it in such a way where I said, hey, you had kind of a rough night last night. Do you think maybe tonight we could ixnay the cocktail and then save this conversation for another time? But I mean, I'm not a real housewife, so. Right. I, I, it would have been better if they had not like centered it on Sonia and just been like, hey, everybody let's be sober or like, Hey, everybody yeah. like last night was like you said, last night was a lot. And like, let's take it easy and not make it so like pointed and embarrassing. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so I mean, the fact that they also like didn't really have a plan and they were just sort of like flying by the seat of their pants and that Ramona seemed to be at the helm of all of this was a bad idea. I would say. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And it's so I'm like, y'all, you guys have had a conversation every single season for the past five years about confronting Sonia about her drinking. And then this, like we just walk in without a plan. Yeah. No plan whatsoever. Did you hear Luann say that Sonia breaking that fire, the glass for the fire extinguisher was worse than what she did to get arrested. Excuse me. Uh, ma'am. <laughs> ma'am. ma'am. Which part of the arrest are you talking about? Because certainly not the one where you um, broke into somebody's hotel room and then tried to break a cop car and like get out of the uh, window. Was it that? Certainly not. Oh, certainly not the one where you threatened the life of a police officer. Not that one. (laughs) You must have been talking about a different arrest because the math on this one for me. Um, So. Ramona decides she's just like running around with a chick like a chicken with her head cut off. She's like, what can I do right now? Um, I guess I'm gonna steal Sonia's drink while she's not looking and then be like, hey girl, really love your hair. Um, can I talk to you over there? And of course Sonia's like, what are you what are you doing? What what's happening? And you stole my drink. She's like, like, and she knew immediately where this was going, what was happening, what Ramona was trying and failing to do. And it's like, oh Lord, like okay we're gonna do this and i guess let's do it so yeah you know she goes over the table she starts talking about how you guys just interrupted the fact that Bershawn and i were having a moment which i didn't think was ever gonna happen again like sonia that is very dramatic you guys have only known each other like 28 hours (laughs) yeah i never thought we would be friends again like you you were never friends you just met her (laughs) ma'am yeah Feeling in a lot of absolutes here for a woman that you barely know. Um, yeah. But Leah says, I really want to talk to you about that situation. I want you to hear me out. 
I just think it would be absolutely irresponsible and fucked up of us for to not say that we think the drinking is going to hurt you. And Sonia's like, okay, all right. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, like a psychotic response to that. Just being like, okay. Like it it seemed like Leah just like, like put like a report on her desk and she was like, thanks. And like carried on. Yeah. Oh, God. So then she tells Leah that she hears what she's saying. But the truth is, you know, she's with her girls right now. And then come all of the excuses, which even if they're true, I feel like we should pick up on the fact that like, those aren't the things that you say like, oh, you know, I don't drink when I'm at home. and I don't have alcohol at home. And I only drink in social situations. But, you know, maybe I do have alcohol at home, but those are really only for guests. And I never drink it. And it just like, oh, this isn't like helping your case yeah. Sonia. it's not you know I think that like generally if someone is confronting you about something like this you're drinking too much it's affecting the group etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like I think if you don't agree then you just have to acknowledge that that's their opinion and carry on like mm-hmm. I don't did, did she think that by saying those things that they were going to be like oh you know what then never mind never mind <laughs> Right. And that's, I think it was pretty much what Ramona said is like, does she expect us to think that she only drinks when she goes out or she only drinks like this when she's with us specifically? Like, girl, come on. Come on. Yeah. Wild. So, um, you know, Sonia says something like, you know, when you're drinking, you should be having a good time and enjoying yourself. And Sonia was like, well, I was trying to, but Bershawn was being pushy and she ruined that. (laughs) Oh my God. Leah's like, I just want you to know that you have an open channel of communication with me. And Sonia's like, yeah, well, I also have like an open channel of communications with a lot of professionals that I can talk to. <laughs> you. So fuck right well, off, Leah. Fuck right off. Um, again, she says she only drinks when she's in a safe space, but then she's like, I don't really feel like I'm in a safe space right now because you guys are being so judgmental. And uh, but not you, Leah. I do feel like you weren't being. And then Luann's like, okay, well, you got into a physical altercation last night. And Sonia's like, yeah, and I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> Which killed me. <laughs> no problem. I mean, it's, it's not, it, it is nuts. Like it's unhinged. It, it is. It is. And I, like, I get it. I mean, clearly Nobody wants to be on national television and have people group around and say that they think you have a problem. Like, right. It, it's, you know, and these are, you know, friends, I get it. <clears throat> I was, ha- I was having a conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend where I'm, I made the statement and I believe the statement, which is like, it is like a uniquely and important white, experience like the concept of the double down like white Mm -hmm. people love Mm. to double down and if you if you confront them about something that they've said that they've done like they love to just double triple down on it like there is no room for like a stop a consider a think about it it's like I'm just gonna go harder on this and I feel like Sonia is really embodying that totally totally I I just like 
I mean, we find out more about like why she has a particular sensitivity to it later, which I thought was like really profound. So let's mm-hmm. get into that. Let's get into that. Yeah. Um, so it's time for the seance and they start off doing a little meditation. And as soon as they finish, a light falls from the ceiling and everybody's freaking <sighs> It's like, what is going on? Um, we have two mediums, Michael and Marion. Michael, a uh, bit of a youngster. Marion, a little bit more mm-hmm. seasoned. And I, if I ha- would had been one of the people who got Michael, I'd been like, Marion, um, girl, like, can we just have a like, yeah. talk? Because I feel like Michael was a bit of a flop. Sorry, Michael. Michael Sorry. was fully floptastic. He felt much more like a... Um, like almost like an apprentice of hers. Mm-hmm. Marion was the star. Like, I don't know if they do this in LA, but there are some like quote unquote psychics in New York who will sit out on the sidewalk and be like, Hey, I feel like I need to tell you something. Like try to get people. And that's what Michael was giving. Yes. I've had that happen to me in New York specifically. That does not happen here in Los Angeles. That is a uniquely New York experience. It's uniquely annoying too because (laughs) specifically is like there could be 75 people on the street and they will lock onto me and be like hey ma'am 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 and they will follow me every single time they will and like i what do you think is going to happen here (laughs) oh my god that's so annoying like get out of here yeah (laughs) seriously people really like talking to me and like, I just need them to know that I don't want that to happen. <laughs> In most cases. <laughs> I don't know what energy I'm getting off. Girl, let me tell you, this happened to me the other day. I was waiting for the bus and I had my mask on because you have to wear your mask on on the bus and the bus was right. about to arrive. And this guy, I'm like standing close to the street. And there's like a bench. So I'm like between the bench and the actual street. And I see out of the corner of my eye, because I have headphones in because I, again, don't want to talk to anybody. And I see like a guy walk up kind of close to me. And then he puts his leg up on the bench, like Captain Morgan. And I'm thinking, oh no, here, mm. here. And he goes, um, hey, uh, why aren't you smiling? No, no, on my face, right? <laughs> and I look over at him like, I have a mask on. Like, are, are you serious? Are you serious right now? And then he's like, Oh, can I get your number? I'm like, No, I have a boyfriend. He's like, oh, Does your boyfriend know that you don't like to smile? I'm like, Yeah, he does. And he doesn't bother me about it. <laughs> oh, like, my oh. God. The energy that I give off is that people want to come to me and I don't want to talk to them. The people are wild. Okay. I met someone this past weekend who moved here from New York about nine months ago. And she told me a horrifying story about how she was on the subway and some man who was clearly like lying and having some sort of maybe an episode of some kind came up to her and said, I'm so sorry. I just have to tell you, you have the most boring face I've ever seen, but you have very kind eyes. And I was like, that is so vicious and like if you met this girl you would be like I can't believe that happened to you not because she has like any a face that's her face is fine her face is not boring it's not like the great craziest face I've ever seen but like this is just the kind of person that she that probably ruined her for three days right 
<laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> I I don't know how I would react to that. I, ugh, Lord, that's that's wild. That's really rude. It's bold. It's bold, and it's like rude, but not rude enough to really fight them. You know, he really he really yeah. had to lie to that. <laughs> Damn. Um, okay, so yeah, Michael's a flop. Sorry, Michael. Um, so he starts saying like he tells Bershawn that she's like those goats in like I don't even know where they are like Asia or South America that like you see them on these like rock mountains and you don't understand how they got up there and she is she's a goat and she's on the ground right now but she needs to get up there like eventually she will be one of those goats where you're confused about how they got up to that mountain which is not really a compliment no it's not it's like actually maybe the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my life but I honestly I feel like if he told me that I would be equally parts like so offended and like so just love it right um Sonia says that Bershawn's more like a turtle and she needs to go back in her shell which okay um rude then what does he say after oh he goes to Lou and is like do you have like an uncle like figure in your life just like no and then he says that she's probably gonna have a breakup with somebody she will be happy about it they will not which might be the only thing that he was accurate about because i feel like she and garth broke up pretty soon afterwards yeah i think so but like also you know you didn't need to be a medium to know that wasn't gonna last um uh, seriously <laughs> so then Marion steps up on the stage and she lip syncs for her motherfucking life and she kills it. She's a lip sync assassin. And mm-hmm. she says to she says that to Leah that there's a female presence, but there's like a hesitation to pro- to like communicate. Which was pretty crazy. Right. But Leah's like, right. I, yeah, I would be weird about this too. I feel like my grandma would have been like this is weird like I'm not trying to do this so that was interesting and then she turns to Ebony and says that there's a an older lady presence around her and oh no she also does pick up on the fact that Leah is converting to Judaism and that would be a good thing for her which was like very specific. oh yeah so specific yeah <laughs> um so then she says that there's a woman standing behind Ebony who's an older woman she hasn't been gone that long and that her grandma's like you're a strong woman your mission is to like speak up for women and that's your message and just keep going ebony gets really emotional and says you know that was like what she needed to hear which was nice and then marianne marianne goes to sonia and tells her that there's a man there and that he apologizes for putting her through some stuff but that he wasn't aware of what he's doing and then Mary, Marion says, is that your dad? Did he have a drinking problem? And she says, yes. So this is the first time that we've ever really heard this. Yeah, oh. we've never really known anything about Sonia's, like, upbringing. Like, I couldn't even tell you if she grew up rich, if she grew up poor, where she's from. Like, I don't even know. Yeah, every time she has talked about her growing up, it's, like, very vague. And it always reminds me of Sex in the City. Like, we never really hear about their families. It just like they just came up out of nowhere. Like Sonia seems like she just came up, like she just arrived in Madison Avenue in like 1995, just fabulous. And like, where does she come from? Like she just manifested out of the subway. Um, But I thought it was interesting that Ramona and Luann 
knew nothing about it either. Like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know. I mean, I feel like I I mean Sonia definitely strikes me as someone that like she only really I feel like she only talks about the hard times when she's like in a very particular zone and then the rest of the time it has to be party party party. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Luann says that she feels more connected to Sonia now because now she knows that they both have fathers that had drinking problems. And then Marion goes on to say that Sonia's father is mortified by what he did to her and he's not trying to excuse it. He's trying to apologize. And then I said, like Ramona says, she didn't know anything about her dad, but that she could understand why Ramona didn't, or that Sonia didn't say anything because she's going, she, you know, her family has issues and she doesn't like to talk about this stuff either. But also I just feel like, mm-hmm. damn, 30 years you guys have been friends and this has never come up ever i know but i really don't think like they treat her like the little sister they treat her like yeah she is the punching bag and i just if you told me that they have never asked her about her childhood i would believe you fully exactly that's yeah that's exactly what i'm saying like this is so indicative of their relationship it really and how they is. dive deep with her yeah that makes oh god it makes me so sad it is sad. it's really sad um but i'm glad that she like had that healing moment of like her father coming through and sonia says in a confessional that the last person she thought would come through would be her father because he was so absent in her life and her mom was like raising four kids and working and she didn't even really know that having a present father was like an option for her which is really sad and that is um I loved that Marion was like, listen, like, you really need to get help, like professional help from a psychologist with a PhD, because your issue is your dad. And that's informing all of the bad shit that's happening in your life and the things that you can't let go of. And great that you have a healer and a healer would be able to help. And great that you've talked to this therapist, but like, literally you need help and it'll change you. And I hope she took that advice. I hope so too. I love that it took a therapist to tell her that it's like, first of all, all of our issues are because of our dad. Okay. Wake up, read a book for once in your life. All of our issues are because of our dads period. And so I just love that. She's like in her sixties and a psychic in Salem is telling her that. And it's like maybe going to land for the first time. Yeah. And for, yeah, especially to have somebody like from that spiritual realm be like, no, Seek out somebody from like Western medicine, like a, a qualified. Yeah, person. it was like that's real. That's real. <laughs> yeah, fuck um, your rake. Yeah, here it go on. Um, so then Miriam Marion picks up on Ramona's younger brother, who I didn't even know she had a younger brother, but he apparently also had a lot of issues, and. It, apparently there's substance abuse issues but it also seemed like there was a mental health aspect of it and that his death wasn't quite a suicide but he also didn't really have the will to live and engaged in a lot of reckless behavior and that Ramona feels a lot of guilt because she felt like he just got too far gone and she had to let him go and she feels a lot of guilt because I guess she was sort of like the sister who took care of her younger siblings yeah i feel like 
chances are he probably reminded her a lot of her father. And so there came a point where she had to be like very like cold and cut off from him is what I would imagine probably happened. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. Um, so gosh, that was, that was a wild, like such a healing, healing moment. So many shocking revelations that we found out about and yeah, it was like, it was sad to see Ramona be so vulnerable and Sonia, but it was also like, maybe you guys needed this, you know? Oh, totally. And then we got the, like, this season to come on Real yeah. Housewives of New York, which looked fire. I'm excited, but did it look more fire than the Beverly Hills midseason trailer? Because that was really killing me. Oh, I mean, listen, you're not going to beat out Beverly Hills. Not with this scandal. You're just <sighs> not. Oh. Uh, um, do you have any final thoughts? The episode ended with Leah realizing that her dress was on backwards and then she showed her ass to the cameras. So, okay. <laughs> then that, that is my final thoughts, actually. Yeah. That right there. I will <laughs> let Leah take my final thoughts on my behalf. <laughs> um, so let's move on to Beverly Hills. The girls yeah. have... Iconic. I, I mean, like, I hate, I loathe to say, well, I don't love to say it because we're getting what we deserve, but like, damn, this is a good season. It is. I mean, I think we all knew it though, because as soon as this stuff started happening, we were like, Erica has always been so put together. She's been so <clears throat> calculated with the way that she shares and doesn't share things that we yeah. were like, it was almost like theater. We knew it was going to be like theater. We're all watching, waiting to see how she handles this. And like, she, this is really delivering for me. I agree. What were your feelings about Erica leading up to this season? So I have always really enjoyed Erica because I think she really pioneered the, the chaotic glam, the like over the top characters, the opulence, like when it came to, um, when it came to Beverly Hills, because if we remember kind of before her, it was just a lot of darkness, which listen, I love, but when she came along and she was this over the top character, I was like, Oh, this is a really fun spice to throw in here. Mm-hmm. I, as soon as the news broke, I was like, not at all surprised. You do not have a normal sounding job and be that rich without, mm-hmm being a an immoral person. I'm sorry. You just you can't be a lawyer for the good guys supposedly and be that filthy rich. So, as soon as the news was breaking, I almost felt I was like I've been waiting for this. I agree. Um there was a there's a actor, comedian, his name is um I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but it's Tony Adamanic, he used to do the president show on Comedy Central where he played Trump. It's actually very funny. Mm. I actually saw him. Very good show. Canceled now. But the point is, he said um, that that episode, this episode was the quake before the avalanche for Erica Jane. And I just thought that was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I mean, the drama. The, uh, I'm like, I I had to pause so many times watching this episode. I I couldn't deal with it. So we start off with our first real scene is Erica at the clubhouse, which I guess is called the clubhouse, but it doesn't matter because the clubhouse is gone and closed and she Mm -hmm. leased it to somebody. Somebody asked a great question of, 
if she already had that apartment the yes. loft or whatever why didn't she just move into that instead of getting a ten thousand house? i wrote this down too and i like i'm so curious but I almost I feel like the only way I'm going to have any sort and and I'm I'm genuinely curious. Like I'm not using I don't look at that and think this is the reason why she's guilty or this is the reason why she's not. I just want to talk to a forensic accountant and be like, "Can you give me all the reasons why she might not be able to be living there and why it's better for her to be like paying for a separate lease out of this bank account or like this was according to this bank account or like whatever it is." Like, I need a forensic accountant to like break it down for me. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all. But when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health. And we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. I agree. There are so many, so many questions. And I feel like there is a, a an increasingly small group of people who are still team Erica Jane. And I just want to know what their feelings were about this episode, but we'll, we'll oh, more on. I know. Um, there's like, you know, I guess we're supposed to act like this is some like emotional moment, which it is for her, but not for us. I don't think it was warranting like all these flashbacks to like the two times that they've been there on the show. Like, I didn't really care. Take off. Turn yeah. Off the light, I, and let's lock up. Like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, I'll say like what I absolutely do not like about what Erica's doing and why I think this is a terrible idea is I don't like how she's trying so hard to make us feel bad for her. Mm-hmm. I'm like, in my mind, that is her going to be her cardinal sin and her worst mistake. Because what she should have done is positioned herself as 
innocent as humanly possible while acknowledging these things happened because she's clear she's throwing Tom under the bus. Okay. She's throwing him way under the bus. Obviously there is no more loyalty to Tom. So whatever happened, she's not afraid to go after Tom. And so what she should have been doing is been like, this thing that happened is absolutely horrible. And I was married to this man. And these are all the reasons why I didn't know anything about it, but these are all the ways that I'm going to do my best. And in my control to make it right and make it better. And this shouldn't be about me. This needs to be about them and like some sort of justice. That is what she should have done. Yes. She is definitely positioning herself as a victim of Tom without recognizing that there are actual victims of Tom. And she is not really one of them. Like, I'm sorry that he was a dick to you. And I'm sorry that you were in this relationship where you felt like you were on below him or whatever. Like that sucks. It's not a yeah relationship, not a real relationship. But like, there's also a guy out there who's got burns on ninety percent of his body who like doesn't have the money to help himself. And so I can't really care about the fact that Tom was kind of a dick. You know, <laughs> like. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm sorry that your husband was probably an asshole. I am not sorry that you are now downgrading to a house that I'm going to work my entire life to be able to afford. I am not sorry that you have to look at the goddamn pool heating bill for once in your life. I am not sorry that you have to that you need to cut your your staff down to 30% and every once in a while clean a toilet for yourself. I'm not sorry. No, not even like when she was like, Hey guys, I got a Range Rover. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) You are so tone deaf girl. You are, you are so tone deaf. You are in an entirely different register. Like this, what you're doing, trying so hard to make us feel like you are really in a shit situation is not working. Mm-hmm. Not even a little bit. And it's, yeah, you're right. Like there's definitely a way that she could have gone about this. And it's a, uh... Not great. Like, clearly she was like, I'm going to be Erica Jane. I'm going to be a warrior and I'm going to get, and I'm not going to be afraid. And I'm going to mention it all. Blah, blah, blah. And it is not working, girl. It's not working. And she is like melting. I know you mentioned that you don't have a Twitter, but it's like every few days she does some weird lash out shit. And it's just like, girl, this is not a good look for you. (laughs) No. And it's too, like, I almost wish it was messier. Actually, I do wish it was messier because (laughs) we've all been there where it's like, okay, this is going to be your messy phase now because something crazy has happened and you're figuring it out. It's like, then be on the show and be messy. Don't be sitting there. Like with all of these very sort of like, it's so opportunistic. Like she goes outside to the house and she's like, oh, I just learned how expensive it is to heat your pool. And I never knew that because I never saw the finances. And it's like, okay, great. We get it. You're trying to build a case that you never looked at the money. Like, it's just so, it's so thinly veiled. I'm like, give me a break. Give me a break. And like, I understand that like, you spend a long time, decades in the lap of luxury. And that like, clearly rewires your thinking, you know? Let's look at yes. Sonia. 
<laughs> so I'm not going to take that away from you. But also, you were 28. It wasn't like she was 22 when they got married. And she really has, like, no life skills. Like, she was scrapping and surviving on her own. So to act like she's like, oh, this is such a new thing for me. It's like, is it? <laughs> is it? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's yeah, it really is like I just think that no matter how long like you really don't ever lose that sort of like I mean, she worked at a strip club. She was a cocktail waitress. She had a son really young. She was a hustler. She landed herself in the position that she wanted to land in and she like really worked in sort of grimy situations to get there. And I just don't think especially she was in her 20s where you're like your brain is finally starting to fully develop. Like you're imprinting, like those are the formative years. And I just don't think that you ever actually really lose that hustle. And so it just feels like this is an act like her being like, I don't know how to live like a normal person. I'm like, shut up. Yes, you do. <laughs> Truly, like, Girl, girl, like, yeah, like you're basically like a dancer and a single mother. Those are like the two things that are going to make you grow up real quick and figure things out. So you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah. So we get to the house. Of course, Lisa Rinna is the first one to arrive and she's dressed like, uh, I don't know, like some like breakdancing child from a Missy Elliott video. I don't really understand what it was. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, with the Gucci tracksuit was like kind of fire, but she like really messed it up with that hat that I thought I was know. like a hat, but it said ho, ho, ho. So I, I don't know. Like, are we still doing trucker hats? I thought we were over Um, We, you know, mm, no, I'm going to say no. I had to (laughs) really think about it because there's so much like aughts fashion that's coming back. And I'm like, maybe. And then I I just, I, no. Yeah, no, no, no. Especially like a Christmas themed trucker hat. Like, man, (laughs) let's pull it together. Um, So she walks in and she screams for about 45 seconds. And I'm just like, I can't take it with these Rinna screams every episode it's like ah! like like she's never seen anything in her life before have it has she yeah. been this house before it's a boy i mean it it truly is oh my god it truly is and it's like don't pretend like you don't live in an absolutely stunning incredible mansion i mean i listen i don't mind lisa rena's like over the top character you know this this crazy and intense person but it's just like her shtick is so old it's so old i was done with her when she went to to erica's new house and screamed when she saw that like fiddle fig leaf wallpaper in the bathroom in the guest bathroom she's like oh my god are you kidding me and it's like no it's it's just wallpaper it's fine that's that's like a fire lisa rinna impression that you just did (laughs) thank you you. it's so good (laughs) i felt good about it um queen kathy shows up with a gigantic candle and she's complaining about how her knees hurt and how she usually doesn't have to drive by herself and it's just like kathy your life (laughs) just just spend a day in your life yeah 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 i mean i love kathy i love the energy she's bringing to this season i i am enjoying her but like yeah bitch i mean she She's also like, she's equal parts, like so down to earth and so bougie. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, Kathy, did you really think that Kyle hired a, a, a bellhop for her Palm Springs home to bring your bags in? Like, girl, if you don't go, I like, love when these, I, 
I love when these women get so up in arms about carrying their own luggage. I'm like, you guys have lost the plot. Look around. It is a pandemic. Truly. Like, I, you know, have lived a pretty staunchly middle-class existence. God bless. But I actually had a girlfriend ask the other day, like, if you were on below deck, would you have the people unpack your clothes? Like, I don't understand. That's not a life. I'm not at that tax bracket where people unpacking my clothes and like doing that kind of stuff is like because I have to tip them I could just do that myself no I yeah I mean I I like I used to be a celebrity personal assistant and I really do feel like that shit is in burned into my brain the guy that I'm seeing the other night was telling me a story because he works in the entertainment industry and he was telling me a story about someone who is like a vendor of sorts I'm trying to be like so hush hush um but or like you know not like get him in trouble or ruin any of his NDAs but like someone essentially who was working on something through a fit because they couldn't get into the first class lounge at the airport and he was telling me about it and my eyes rolled all the way to the next house over and we were talking about it and talking about he was like I see his perspective here's some backstory and every single time I was like no I this is stupid and I fucking hate this and he's like but you have to understand that like he has certain expectations and blah 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 and etc and he kept trying to like sort of find holes in my argument and I was like listen you're not gonna get me on this like I could be I could have an EGOT and I just I'm telling you I will never be the person that is going to go off and make like three people working at a production company's lives hell for the day because of a minor inconvenience of mine I just will never be that person I'm sorry (laughs) makes no sense to me and like just the idea of like having somebody do something for me that I could do myself it's like it makes me nervous like not because I'm afraid of them just because I feel like I could just do this myself like why why don't I why would I make somebody do something that I can do myself like I'm not I'm just not gonna do that yeah Um, no no yeah so anyway um where are we going okay so Kathy's shuffling in. Crystal shows up, but it seems like some of the girls are going to be staying at a hotel. Like, I guess Garcelle eventually is going to show up. So, Crystal. I was and wondering Garcelle, where she was. Where is Garcelle? Because, where girl, is Garcelle? she would have been so necessary when Erica said all this shit because Garcelle's the one who asks the real questions. She gets in there. Yes. And, she like, not it. to get ahead of ourselves, but, like, the memes that are on the internet today about how confusing that story was. It's, like, if Garcelle was there, we would have the answers. We would. Thank you. We would have had the answers. And I almost am going to say, I'm going to go out on one and say that maybe Erica felt very footloose and fancy free to talk because she knew that as well. And she knew that, like, yeah. we get to all this shit out before Garcelle comes here because I know that these ladies are going to let me get away with it. But Garcelle is not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then after that, Sutton or excuse me, Crystal does say that things between her and Sutton are fine. Sutton texted her, and that seems to be okay for now. We'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Lisa and Dorit and Kyle, they're at the kitchen unpacking stuff, and they're talking about this. Uh, this court case that happened with mm-hmm. Tom earlier that day. So, uh, Dorit tells them that he fro- they had he had his assets frozen, 
because they figured out that like $2 million had been used inappropriately. And uh, it's worth mentioning that like, as they're talking about this very serious stuff, the cameras are like panning to Kathy real quick. And she's just shuffling around with her head fully in that unlit candle, just sniffing it. (laughs) 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 Oh, Kathy. I need I need like summer house style, like room ceiling corner cameras on Kathy (laughs) at all times. Truly. I would love that. Um, Dorit is like talking about the frozen assets and she's like, you know, that's really awful. And of course I can understand because my ass got my assets frozen too. Thank you, PK. Thank you so much for that. Um, so she had her asses frozen. So now she's like, you know, I'm just feeling feeling a lot for her. But like her situation is nothing compared to what Erica's going through. Um, so then they start talking about, Dorit mentions that the lawyers are trying to push for a medical examination for Tom because there are concerns about his mental fitness. So... Mm-hmm. Chris, the other ladies are gathered around at this point, and Crystal and Kathy are like, eh, you know, this is page six. I try to err on the side of, like, I'm not going to believe everything that I read. And right. confessional, Crystal says, you know, two million may seem like a lot, but for somebody like Tom, who has a ton of money, uh, he should really just have paid that off and moved on with his life. And I just think it's confusing that he hasn't. I'm like, well, it's not that confusing because he's broke. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have a serious question for you. Please. What, what would you do if this was your friend? I have been thinking about this a lot and I, I, I have not come to an answer. I, cause I, I talked about this on my episode last week and I'm just like, I can't even get in the mind frame of having a friend who would get caught up in the situation like this. So I, if I'm like thinking of my best friend and she tells me that she got in so much financial trouble, I just like, I would stick by her because she's truly one of the most pure angels on the world. And I just feel like she wouldn't, but like, is this Erica? I don't know. I mean, there's so many receipts, like, Somebody even said season six, Erica said on camera, I was in the meetings with Tom. I was at work with him every day. I knew what every, what was going on for like 10 years. I was working with him. And so for her now to be like, I knew nothing. It's just. Well, uh, I think like, I think it's hard because I think obviously my move would very much be dependent on like, as someone that knows her, what are my instincts? Is this someone who I've known them for years? And as soon as this happens, it's like, my gut is telling me that she was involved or is my gut telling me that like, I don't have an answer and I'm curious and I need more information. I think that that would really inform it. But I also, I'm just, too intense I think I would march over to her house and be like listen there's a lot of ways we can go about this we're about to be on TV together mm-hmm. so I need you to be honest with me about what you knew and what you didn't know and I will help you if I can or I will throw you to the wolves <laughs> I don't know I don't know yeah. I mean I would have a heart like I'm not someone that's very good at turning the other cheek at all. 
Yeah, it would be very, very difficult for me. And I, I was never really like, obviously there were benefits to being married to Tom, but I didn't look at, well, I don't really tend to look at women as gold diggers because it's like, to me, it's like, get money, bitch. Like if he's going to give it to you, then take it. But yeah. I don't really look at her like, oh, look at her. She's like a backstabbing gold digger and she gets what she deserves, blah, blah, blah. But I, uh, I just don't know. But you're right. Like if I were, I would not be doing what Kyle's doing. I think I might be more of like a Dorit or a Garcelle who's like allowing rooms for questions to be asked, but is keeping it cute. Uh, this Kyle, like I am fully loyal while also staying in so many confessionals. Erica has a really good way of detaching from emotions when she doesn't want to deal with them. And also Erica, like when she doesn't want to talk about something, she shuts it down. And so there are a lot of things that I don't know about her. And I, you know, she makes it very clear when she doesn't want to talk about something. So I don't press her. So it's like, well, then why are you pledging your full loyalty to her? I know. I know. I'm not really someone like, I guess, am I a loyal person? I think I'm, I, I think maybe not. I think maybe, I think maybe not like, I like, but also I just think if you do something bad in the sense of it's like you have harmed or you've done something racist, you've done something homophobic, transphobic, you have harmed people that are marginalized or lesser off than you. It's like, I will drop you at in a moment. I mean, this happened to me recently, like a white man friend of mine revealed did some racist shit. And I'm like, I'm never fucking talking to you again. Like I, 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 I'm, I guess I'm not really a loyal person, but I don't know. Maybe that is, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not changing. Don't yeah, DM it's, me. It's a much better look than being like, I'm going to stay friends with this racist because I'm a loyal friend, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think you chose the right path on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to talk about that with my therapist tomorrow. I, <laughs> I yeah, ooh, I don't know. I, I do not know. I mean, to me, when the feds get involved, it's like, well, what are we doing here? Because those conviction rates are very high. Very high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, Jen Shaw, we're looking at you. Um, That's right. So... Excuse me. Kyle starts. Uh, she's like rinsing off an eggplant, and then so of course Lisa. They're making. Okay, Harry Hamlin has a big dick. Thank you. Congratulations, Lisa. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Move on. <laughs> um. Then Kyle starts talking about how like great it is that she and Kathy are getting along and that they're speaking, or rather that Kathy is speaking to her. Um and. She's just like happy to have this time with her. Um, yeah, it's nice. They're it nice. nice. I I like as a a sister as a sister. I like to see these moments where two sisters are really getting along because that's how I am with with my sister. Like we're always laughing and just having a good time. And she's older, and she probably would be like, "Hey, um, do you want to think about putting oregano in that lasagna?" Like she would be sort of that yeah. like passive aggressive mother figure and just be like you just take it because you love her you know and i like to see it yeah yeah i like yeah. to see it too yeah um so everybody's laughing and having a good time and then some dramatic music starts to play we see erica and her white pumps get out of the car and lisa of course is the first person to you know 
run over to right in her arms to Erica. This is not your home, but okay. Um, (laughs) The women line up one after one to give a hug. Kyle puts her in that like very motherly hug where you hold the back of their head, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Mm -hmm. very soothing thing. And this is when Erica starts to cry. Girl, the like body language acting class 101 jumped out. Like you can see her just like, I'm, I'm going to make the decision to like drop my shoulders and my whole, mm-hmm. and, and I'm going to put the, put a finger under my nose to try to comfort myself with single tear, no mascara. Oh yeah. Tear falling down and, you know, just, uh, this is going to be a very hard time for me and I don't see when it's going to end. It's like, girl, the okay. Drop- the drama and I can't with the low voice Kara I can't I can't handle it I hate it so much it's so low it's so weird it's so like you're in character yes grapes of wrath or something I don't watch (laughs) theater but you know some some kind of play (laughs) um yeah it it was so like girl I, I laughed and I laughed. So thank you for that, because that was very funny to me. Um, yeah, yeah. So they all sit down. And I love how, you know, again, Kathy just casually being like, do you know Bob Shapiro? <laughs> We're great. <laughs> We're yeah. like family. <laughs> um, and then Erica starts to bring up the conversation about... Tom's situation, his mental fitness, and Erica has been like, I, you know, I've been trying for years to get him to help, but I just keep be meant, being met with resistance. And this is like where I just, I'm calling bullshit in general, yeah. but I'm calling bullshit on this like rollout of information because it's like three yes. episodes ago, um, you know, the producers are asking do you think that he cheats on you? And she's like, I don't know, but if he is good for him. And now it's like, Oh, I knew he was cheating all the time. And, and you know, like we're going from like, I left him. And this is a question for you. Would you, cause if this is true, you're basically saying that like your husband was in such a state of mental decline that you left him. Like, does that sound right to you? Like, I don't know. I've as a, as an as an unloyal bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, no, of course not. That's your husband. If if his mental state is declining, I would think that you wouldn't leave him. But also, I could understand the perspective of like, if he's mean, he refuses to get help. He's like financially abusive. You know, there's only a certain amount of time that you can take that. But uh, listen, the timing is suspicious. I'm sorry. It is. I think that even I just really think that even the most innocent version of this story, like the the mo- the version in which Erica knew the little the littlest you know what I mean mm-hmm. um she, is she still definitely got a heads up that shit was gonna hit the fan and so she divorced his ass like there's just no denying it there's no denying it and even Kyle says you know maybe there's a situation in which she like you said knew something was gonna happen and decided to jump ship before it got too bad and I just feel like Kyle knows a lot and she's telling on herself and Erica and I don't think she really realizes it but I'm appreciating it because it's helpful to me (laughs) um so 
then Sutton is like, okay, Erica, why would you continuously be dragged into his legal troubles? And Dorit and Kathy, who have probably bared the brunt of some sort of lawsuit because of their husbands, are like, well, because you're married, Sutton. Of course. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know, like, how normal that is, because Sutton also married a guy who was rich as fuck, and I don't recall her being sued. I mean, she's asking the questions, mm-hmm. so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know how often that happens. I don't know, like, how common it is that a wife gets roped into their husband's business dealings. I, I, I've never heard of that being a very common thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I aim to one day marry a very rich man and find out. (laughs) Yeah. Let me know. Let me know if you find out. Um, Mm -hmm. So, okay. So then uh, Kathy starts talking about, you know, like if my husband gives me 50 papers and tells me to sign them, like I just sign them. I'm like, well, that's not great either, Kathy, but no, don't. That's bad advice. That's great that you do that, but that's bad advice. That's horrific advice. Horrific advice. Um, so in a confessional, Erica says, I've been called a bimbo gold digging trophy wife. And now all of a sudden I'm a financial mastermind that had my finger on the pulse of everything. And I'm sure that there are a lot of people who feel that way, but I just feel like she's trying to create a rhetoric that I don't think is really that mm-hmm. popular to make herself look better. Yeah, she's like, because she's doing this thing that feels very familiar in my mind where she's like, I've been called this, I've been called this, or like basically saying like, these are the things that people are saying about me. And this is why it doesn't make sense. But it's like cherry picking the things that people are saying about her to make her case. And so it's like, I mean, you're not really saying anything of significance right now. Thank you. A lot of talking, but really nothing being said. Yeah, really not helping her case. Um, I love how Crystal handled all all of this, which is like, I'm not really gonna listen, but I am gonna stand in the kitchen and whisper. (laughs) (laughs) I know she's also like, I she's so brilliant in this way that she's like, well, I know that this is like not my like area. I've had my moment in the sun with my fight with Sutton for a while. Like these all women, all these women have a history with Erica and I know when to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so she's whispering to Kyle about how bad she feels for Erica and Kyle starts telling her, you know, how Tom won't listen to anybody's advice and that Tom and Erica's relationship is almost like a dad and daughter situation. And of course, somebody of the production's like, all right, let's Reel in that three-second footage of Tom again saying, excuse me, Erica. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> One more time. It's basically like Freebird at this point. Um, so Sutton starts to ask Erica about the Christmas decorations. And this was, Sutton is so strange. Do you like her? No, she's so strange. Like when Crystal last week landed that line that she was like, you're an inappropriate and awkward person. Mm-hmm. I was like... Thank you. Thank you. I do not ride for Sutton. I will never ride for Sutton. I, I, not a slut I, 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 no, I'm not a Sutton. I can't. I think that what she did with Crystal and 
totally shutting her down when she was trying to say something about her own racial experience was insane. I think the way that she handled everything with Crystal and like, like dragging it out so manically and like all that stuff was chaotic. I, I, I do not ride for Sutton. I agree. And I think we got all our answers. I feel we got all our answers as to why she treated Crystal the way she did in this scene. So yeah. Sutton starts asking about like whether or not Erica decorated for Christmas. And she's like, oh, you know, like I did a little something, you know, I figured if I was going to wake up to, you know, bullshit every day, then I might as well have something nice to look at or whatever she said. And Sutton's like, yeah, you know, I get that because my dad killed himself two days before Christmas. And it's like, oh, um, oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, just felt very abrupt. As somebody who's part of the Dead Dads Club, I'm just like, I don't know if I would pull that out as a way to make I, you know I was also waiting I'm not gonna lie to you I was sort of like waiting for her to say something in the vein of like people who commit suicide are selfish you know because that was kind of like I I think that's a very tough situation when you're a person that's affected by suicide to of course you feel the impact of it and that's a very natural reaction but also as a society we need to evolve and understand mental health a little bit more and just everything she was saying felt very much like she really blamed him for the pain around it and that it was really like poor me poor me and so I was just kind of like gripping and waiting I'm like, oh, God, are you going to say something really insensitive? Is that on its way? She was kind of like hinting at how like the timing was so sucky for her. And I just like, oh, okay, well, she kind of brought it around of like, well, it's good to keep up traditions, even if bad things happen around like the holidays, because it's a good way to like compartmentalize or something. I it. Okay, we could have just talked about the Christmas presents. We didn't need to, like, get into all <laughs> decorations. Um, but then she mentions that her father also completed suicide the day of her mom's, the first day of her mom's retirement. Now, oh, I know. Were, was that, were her parents together when he did, when that happened? I don't, I, I don't think so, but it, my yeah. only... The only reason I feel that way is because of what we see later on in the season when she's like, I don't miss your dad. Yes. So, right. So we get that never before seen footage from last year where they're at Sutton's store and Sutton's like, oh, yeah, I guess this was a flashback, not later. Yeah. My dad's all around. He, you know, his handwriting is the logo and this, that and the third, like he's everywhere. And like, why? can't you just say that you miss him a little bit? And her mom's like, I had a different relationship with him. You can't force me to feel something that I don't feel for somebody with him. Like it was my marriage. It was not your marriage. Our relationships are totally different. I don't know what else you want me to say. (laughs) And then Sutton says, I just want you, I want you to say that you miss him. And she says, I'm not going to say this. And that to me is like, Oh, that's crystal. (laughs) Not in a bad way. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Where a woman is say like I said what I said. I'm not going to change it. And Sutton is like going hysterical, trying to get this person to feel an emotion that she doesn't have to feel, and is going mm-hmm. to stand in that and say like I I'm not going to give you what it is that you think that you need from this. Like, 
I, yeah. That's why I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to lie to you. And like, I, I think that to me is like a huge pet peeve of mine when people try to control other people's emotions. And I think that's another reason why it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with, I, I don't ride for you Sutton. Yeah. Because she really wants like a validation. Like I loved my dad and you were there. And so like, if you just say that you miss him, then I can just like feel good about that. And it's like, you don't really need that. Like you're allowed to mourn your father and she's allowed to feel however the fuck she wants to feel like it's not going to change anything. (laughs) Yeah. You're not going to feel any better if she says something, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that was like, damn, that's Crystal. That's Crystal. And that's why it's it's her mom. Crystal is her mother. Um, So fortunately after this like extremely heavy conversation we go back to kathy and it's kathy's kitchen now at this point i don't know what kyle's doing um you know she's trying to mess up the the recipe of the lasagna she's telling her like don't cut the bread straight across cut it at an angle cut it three-fourths of the way down not all the way down kyle and she's just like really saying how things should go and i love it and then she do you, finds, do you know how much I how quickly I would green light Kathy's Kitchen as a TV show? <laughs> I don't care if it's on like YouTube watch or Facebook watch or something like can we can we bring back um, what was that network that failed that everybody had like the really great shows on Quibi? If we could do Quibi. Quibi. Yeah. Quibi with Kathy. If we could relaunch Quibi. And Kathy had be the anchor show. That show, that I network love it. would be back in a minute. Um, I would love to see it. I would really, really love to see it. Um, I feel like I watched once a YouTube video where Paris made her own lasagna. And she said it was such a, really? like, a family recipe. And I maybe I'll have to go back and uh, see that. Um, <laughs> it sure does. Um, so then Kathy finds some stale bread that Mauricio had left the week before and starts using <laughs> it as like, musical instruments. And that was fun. <laughs> that was um, fun. I liked that. I, yeah. Uh, so Lisa has decided to change from her daytime Gucci tracksuit to her nighttime <laughs> pink sequin tracksuit. And mm-hmm. then we see Kathy try to put her like huge Louis Vuitton luggage just one step at a time. One step at a time. Oh my <laughs> god, I know. <laughs> just it like, also like not to be rude. It it didn't look that heavy the way she was lifting it. I was like, yeah. it's probably not that heavy. She was definitely like making more work for herself. Yes. For sure. Um, I love that Dorit saw her and was like, Kathy, no, I'm not gonna let you hold this luggage. I will carry it up. And this is like the Dorit that I like. <laughs> So we think that she's very ridiculous, but then she's like helping Kathy with her luggage, holding up that box fan so Kathy can cool down and saying how she'll always do things for Kathy. <laughs> Even yeah, Kathy that was to know her name and think she's British. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> um, that, my, little, my little English girl. <laughs> um, so then Kathy, you know, just like very cooled down and, and refreshed because Dorit just did all the work for her, goes back downstairs and Kyle has dropped a thing of spices and the glass is broken. And I mean, the sentence, Kathy Hilton got a grill brush 
and used the grill brush to sweep up broken glass and spices out of a kitchen in Yeezys, no less. It was it's like a fever dream. Something those are I- the sentences. Those are the sentences that I like really rely on when when yes. I'm around all my like non Bravo friends, and they kind of are like, "Why do you fucking like this stuff?" Or like they're giving me that energy. It's like those are the sentences that I rely on. It's like, well, last episode, Kathy Hilton, like that's I live for those. I was dating this guy once, and we were in bed and this was like a you know just a, you know, a little po- post-coital conversation and he was mm-hmm. like oh, so um w- is there a new housewives thing and he was talking about salt lake city and he was like joking at first but then i told him about mary cosby and he was like what <laughs> like, yeah. yeah these are the moments these are the moments that we get people in <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> um erica tries to help and says you know i like to sweep so I'm going to help you sweep these spices. And I just feel like those skills are really going to come in handy um, wherever she lands next. I'm not sure where she might be for the next three to five years. But I will say that mm. um, I watch a lot of 60 Days In and being mm. clean is really helpful. It really mm. helps. Us, so, I yeah, that's a great POV. A little tip from me to you, Erica. Um so then the, all the ladies sit down for dinner and Kyle walks up and is like, oh, my daughter just texted me and said that uh, Drake is following Lisa and that I need to set my game up. And it's like, well, yeah, you need to do that anyway. Not because of Drake, but it doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Lisa calling him champagne pappy. <laughs> oh, that's going to feed me for weeks. <laughs> That was like the oldest thing. Like, I didn't know who Champagne Pappy was. And Crystal is like horrified. It's like, it's Poppy. It's Poppy, Lisa. Not, not Poppy. <laughs> um, I would love to know what Drake's, like, what led Drake to follow Lisa Rinna? How oh, did I we would love that? I would love to know. But I think that the reality is, is that it's probably because of Amelia, right? Uh, sure. Sure. Certainly. But Drake, DM us. Please. Tell us. Please. Please. Um, So uh, then Kathy brings up the moon and how this moon hasn't happened. And I think it was like the pink moon. And I feel like I manifested that night, too. So, you know, Erica, maybe you got what I was manifesting. So, yeah, I love I love like Kathy's eclipse journey i love the full moon journey and then i also love erica just being hunched over that candle which to me seemed like a yankee candle like (laughs) so intensely yeah she was definitely in like in front of like a volcano candle or like that volcano blue number 34 candle and just like letting the fragrance waft over her and i love that kathy clapped after she blew the light out the candle out (laughs) very gentle very loving very um so then erica thanks everybody for being so supportive and kyle's like what's happening with erica jane and she's like i don't know but i just gave up the office uh earlier today and then kyle i feel like she's already asked erica this and it almost feels like is she are they having conversations in which they're like okay we're gonna bring these things up and i'm gonna help you on camera because i do feel like Kyle already asked her is Tom taking care of you financially? And she said, no, like she left his ass. You think he's signing checks? Kyle's (laughs) definitely like an operator. 
Yes. She's she's trying. Like I think she has chosen her side and mm-hmm. she's like, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do what needs to be done to help this situation. I I think that she is very intentional. Yeah. And like, okay, she, Erica's like, I haven't gotten any a dime from Tom since November. Like, okay, well, it's December, okay? And you've been on the show <laughs> for several years. Like, you should have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. And also, like, if I left, if I dropped my husband off at work and then got a U-Haul and left my shit, I wouldn't be expected to be taken care of financially either. So I, what's the shock, Kyle? What are you surprised about? I don't Yeah, know. and I love how she's like, are you financially supporting yourself? And I'm like, you guys, if you lived the life that like most of Los Angeles lived, then she could support herself on whatever savings she has from all of the housewives, whatever, from her future deals, like et cetera, et cetera, for the rest of her life. Like she's yeah. like, you guys are so out of touch. Life just, is not that expensive. You make it that expensive. Exactly. They're acting like she is eating ramen noodles like they had to pay for her to come to you know like oh girl don't worry about it like you this vacation's for you don't worry about anything like she's she's going back to a ten thousand dollar a month house at the end of, uh, like she'll be fine she's okay she's been on the show <laughs> you yeah. guys <laughs> y'all know how much she makes i'm sure like uh, surely she's okay um so then a headline comes up on the screen about how Tom's lawyers asked for Erica not only to not receive spousal support, but also for her to pay his legal fees, which, sir, now that, sir. that I have questions about. <laughs> I'm going to give Erica on that one. Like, bro, come on. Come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sutton, I think, asked a very fair question of why do you feel like like shouldn't don't you feel like tom would be motivated to at least divorce you because that would be like one of the several things that he could just get off his plate like yeah fair question and this fair is question like, okay erica this like there were have been several moments where i called bullshit but this was another moment where so Sutton asked that question and erica's response to that is i don't think there's anything to take which is has nothing to do with what she said like if he has money or not he should still be motivated to just divorce you so he can move on with his life <laughs> yeah yeah exactly if his assets are frozen what does that have to do with anything yeah yeah and i mean i think that that's a fair question i i think that probably erica's i feel like i'm starting to like learn erica's responses is that that's a way for her to position him as being like mean and abusive is like no he's gonna like make me pay and like make my life hell um but i mean you know sutton is a businesswoman, so she knows what's up she knows what's up and she's you know the last person to get divorced on this cast anyway so Mm -hmm. I, I i thought that was a great question and i think it pissed her off but whatever yeah makes sense like y'all don't fuck with each other so why don't you like what is the motivation to stay to not get divorced like it doesn't really make sense um yeah so then kyle asks like if she's gonna be okay financially and erica's like you know i don't know or if if tom's gonna be okay and then she says you know i don't know but i think he should hand in his bar card and stop practicing not because he's morally corrupt but because 
he may or may not have some sort of issues with his mental capacity. And then she says, I love him, but it's time because he's not well. Do you love him? Uh, I mean, that would even just her saying that was the first time that we like got any sort of acknowledgement of like the the bigger picture here or, you know, the people that he's wronged that aren't her. Yeah. Yeah. Her like sensitivity towards him. And it's just uh, a little fishy for me. Um, So then in a confessional, they get to Rinna. And they clearly asked her about her last experience with Tom. She's like, well, I saw him last year when they all went to his house and all of them are wearing that ugly pink mini dress. And she's like, you know, he seemed very with it and fine. But now I'm hearing what Erica's saying. Maybe there was something going on, but I wasn't thinking about it at the time. Well, it's like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to like a question like dementia alzheimer's within a year those things can really go downhill like it's not outside of the realm of possibility that you saw him a year ago and like now he's worse for wear yeah but i don't i still don't know i still don't know yeah i mean it's just all too calculated it's all too it just like it reeks it really does it reeks of being phony it does. And it's just like there's some moments of her protect that seem like she's protecting Tom or evading or not saying things or not being full, not fully disclosing things. And it just feels like, what are you protecting him from if you don't even want to be with him? I don't know. It's just very strange to me. But then Erica tells everybody that Tom's whole identity is basically wrapped up in being a lawyer, the prestige around that, and that he put being a great lawyer ahead of everything else in his life. And the past few years, she started noticing that he was declining. She didn't mention a mental decline at the beginning. She mentioned like his eyes and his hearing at first. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then she says, you know, I just, feel like he noticed that he was declining and he held on even tighter because he was scared and he was mad and that's when he started getting really mean and in the beginning of the friend in the relationship that he would be like oh you know if they had a conflict like oh i'll explain something to you and then it turns into no i'm speaking you know like being really yeah yeah um crystal starts talking about her father and how he had alzheimer's and how it was kind of the same, like he would get like physically like hit his head because he couldn't remember things and he was like a brilliant guy and that felt very heartbreaking and <sighs> I just like, I don't want to say that I hope Tom has this, obviously not, but I just feel like if we're comparing, you know what I mean? Like I just, I hope that yeah. Chris wasn't being, uh, you know, vulnerable to somebody who didn't deserve it, you know? They're not oh, really. yeah, vulnerable. and I mean, I don't mean to be a cynic, but I'm like, "Mm, I don't know about that, man. I don't know if that dream is going to come true. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So then Kyle very conveniently is like, hey, remember a few years ago when Tom couldn't drive to work? Like, what was that about? Yeah. Yeah. This whole, the way this was lobbed up was garbage. Where where did that come from? Where? Dude, I hate it. It smells. It's awful 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 so um just the worst acting of like uh, you know erica's like oh yeah you remember i called you kyle called you and told you that he had gotten into an accident and you know he had broken his ankle then they um 
she's like, but I, you know, I didn't tell you the rest of it, Kyle. I didn't. Um, so in a confessional, Kyle says that you definitely know when Erica doesn't want to talk about something. And then they play the flashback of them sitting down for lunch and Kyle saying, oh, the girls were wondering where you were. And Erica's like, oh, well, I was nursing this little baby because he got into a car accident and he broke his ankle. And Kyle asks her, like, what happened? What happened? What kind of car accident? And Erica's like, well, he hurt himself and he's fine. The car's not fine, but he's fine. So, like, didn't want to answer the question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so Kyle says it never really came up again. Mm-hmm. Until, until magically now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this shit comes up. And I... Uh, so Kyle's like, okay, so he broke his ankle from the accident. And Erica's like, yeah, as a result of the crash, he broke his ankle. And also he was unconscious for 12 hours. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yeah, and also, like, he drove off a cliff, but then, like, she called him, and, like, he called her, and, and like, the none of it, like, this is what I mean by saying, like, the memes are on fire today, because it made no sense. Nothing made okay. sense. It's, like, everything just escalated, escalated, <laughs> escalated. So I'm thinking, okay, he's so he was unconscious. Okay, was he unconscious in the hospital? They found him. He was unconscious, and he was in the hospital bed for twelve hours. No, he drove off a cliff behind the house. Even though he's been doing that for thirty years, somehow this turn affected him, and the cliff was too steep. And people were pulling up Google Google Maps of the property and the roads. Oh, I know. Oh, I, yes, I love the internet sleuths. They right? feed me. Because I think about doing that stuff, and I'm like, let me just get onto Facebook because I know somebody's already done it, and they have, Mm -hmm. and I and I for it. Um, so did you see that map? I saw the map. Okay, what did you think about the roads? Because Erica was describing them as very, like, switchback, like, yeah, pin turns, and there were a couple where it's like, yeah, you're definitely gonna have to like turn that wheel a couple times but it wasn't like a racetrack situation yeah so I have a friend who lives in like the hills of Mount Washington in Los Angeles and she's just down the street from me and I go see her all the time and her house is on like a dead-end street up a road like that where it's like her driveway is very like 
it's not paved and it's switchbacky like that. And every time I drive on it, I'm like, God, this shit is scary. Um, but also like I've done it a million times and it's not that big of a deal. And she told me a story once about how, uh, like an Amazon driver tried to come up there. Cause like normally she just has them drop it at the end of the hill. And she like heard someone crying and it was like an independent Amazon driver who was like, their car was like hanging off the edge because they tried to do the switchback and like, you can't, you just like, can't do it. And she's like, it was fine. You know, we got her out. And like, when I look at that hill, I think to myself that you could really hurt yourself if you fall off the road. And she was like, honestly, it's like harder to do that than you think. And I don't think that that is like a sweeping statement for all switchback roads ever. I'm just saying I don't know. The whole thing doesn't certainly doesn't feel like he was just driving around and then just like drove off a cliff. That seems strange to me. That seems like something is missing. It seems like a lot of things were missing and looking like granted the map was like an aerial map. So you can't tell like the depth of everything. Right. Like the house, it was not like his there, his house is secluded like there are other houses are pretty close up to the property so i don't even understand like can you even call it a cliff because really you would just have been running into somebody else's lawn basically like, yeah yeah been that steep uh, certainly not steep enough for him to and like how did he get ejected from the car right yeah and why was he unconscious for 12 hours? I, guys, and what do you mean that there was, like, maybe another woman involved? Like, what? What? <laughs> I was Dorit this whole time, like, gasping, hand over my mouth. What are we talking about, you guys? The, like, I'm so the story made me feel like that. What? What is that? It's like a Coco Chanel quote, I think, or, like, some designer that's like, before you leave the door, take something yeah. off. That was what that's I'm I'm like, you need to stop. You need to take one of these these details out because this makes no sense. At least have an answer for how the car was one place and he was at the bottom of the hill. And then he called you and you just thought that he was with some other bitch. Who which bitch? Any yeah. (laughs) What do you mean? What do you mean? So that just felt like okay, that was not relevant to the story. Okay, if you thought that he was with some other woman, fine. But, like, what does that have to do with the car crash? It it just, like, didn't make sense. And now you're going from saying, I don't know if he cheated, to he had a whole uh, dossier of bitches. Who knows who he would have been? I I can't wait for her to claim that he has, like, 15 families. Like, 15 secret families. Because you know that's coming. Right. Um, And... Then, girl, it was just like, still, I'm still like all turned around about this whole situation. Um, So Sutton says she's really confused about the details. Was he thrown out of the car? Is the car even damaged? Great question. So then Kyle's like, did you go looking for him? Because you thought he didn't come home. And then she mentions these other women and all these other women. And Kyle's like, you need to roll that back. Probably more of a warning than like I'm <laughs> like girl, you're doing too much here. Like you said, take take one thing off. Take one thing yes. off. Yes. Um, yep. yep. So in a confessional, Lisa says the divorce, the car accident, the affairs. Think of all the things that are going on. How do you process all of this? I'm like, I don't know, Lisa, you tell us. 
<laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, we're on this journey with you, bitch. Right. <laughs> um, so back at the table, Kyle does say, oh, you know, it's not the first time I heard about the cheating rumors. And it's like, yeah, probably all of all of y'all's husbands have had cheating rumors. Every single one of you. So not yeah. no yeah. Um so then Erica says she never looked through his phone. Not once, didn't suspect or didn't do anything, never looked through papers, blah, 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 until Yolanda and David got a divorce. <laughs> oh, I know. I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> what? Out of all the people, David and you, David and Yolanda. So I kind of feel like, I don't know if anybody caught on to this, but you know that they never really explained the reason for the foster divorce. And didn't doesn't David have a Netflix documentary where I think he says that he was never going to say what happened. So is it that David cheated? Because why would that why would their divorce make you motivated to look at his phone all of a sudden? Like what happened there? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know, like the money aspect and like, I I don't know, that just seemed like a little bit of a strange because they're it was a shame that they broke up and like, I don't know, it kind of seemed like a bummer, but I don't think they had a messy divorce. Did they? I think they, I think they just, I don't, it seemed like they just decided not to talk about it. And to me, it seemed like David kind of just abandoned her after she started getting sick, but she didn't really say that. And I think like they've kept it pretty cute in the public about why. So I'm just, I I don't know why that would have. So now you're saying how long has Yolanda been off the show? So you've known this shit for years now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so that was very strange. She said she found texts and uh, pictures and it, you know, it seemed like that had been a years long relationship. And then she says, I know it was a years long situation and then she also said that Tom was really sloppy in his cheating and that he wouldn't even try to pretend like he wasn't doing it when she confronted him. And Kyle says, well, why didn't you just leave then? And Erica says, well, where yeah. am I going? And Kyle's like, well, you're a woman. I can't with that. Like, that's so insane. It, don't don't sit there and act like you have nothing. You don't have nothing like that. That is where it's like, you are so tone deaf Mm -hmm. and you should be ashamed. Yeah. And it just, uh, uh, I don't know. That's trying to act like this like gilded cage and I get it. But I also just like in this specific thing, it's just like, I don't know. There's too much going on too. There's too much. Um, So then what happens after that? Uh, they're talking a little bit about the cheating and, you know, how she didn't do it. And then Kathy's like, well, you know, she was in a position where he made her feel that way. And okay, fine. Okay, fine. And then I feel like Sutton was like, well, does anybody want any um, pancake cake? <laughs> it's just like, oh a my God. Subject change. I know. <laughs> I know. It's so Uh-oh. stupid. I was like, you guys get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Um, and then at that point, Lisa's like, well, I guess we've changed the subject. Does anybody remember that my daughter is dating Scott Disick? Oh, my God. I forgot about this. <laughs> you guys want to hear Lisa. this? Lisa. Like, so and- funny, you guys. So funny. 
so funny. Me and Harry Hamlin were at the kitchen this morning and he thought, oh, how did Scott get into our lives? And <laughs> can you believe it? And it's like, yeah, we can. This, this bitch, <laughs> I cannot. Like, do not come here and pretend like this is an inconvenience for you. Okay, period. <laughs> you love it. You love it, you she psycho. Loves that shit. She's probably got some talent. Loves it. His clothing line is probably in a pallet in her in her closet as we speak. Like, fuck oh, out. sick. And for her to even be like, well, I don't really know if they're like dating or if it's like more of a friendship thing. And even Erica was like, girl, I know I just sold like seventeen lines here, but like, you got to do better than that. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> they Come are on now. Like, you really think a yeah. thirty-eight-year-old guy is just like wanting a friendship of a nineteen-year-old? No. I couldn't, I could not abide by that. I really couldn't. When she said that, I was like, Lisa, I swear to God, get the fuck out. Get out. <laughs> Thank you. She's like trying to downplay this thing. Like, it's just like, like their BF, like girl, because she yeah. knows, she knows that there should be some level of shame about the fact that her daughter is dating a like fully full ass adult with children, but yet she doesn't feel it. So she tries to be like, well, maybe they're just friends. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can't. I can't. <laughs> that is the end of the episode. I am really looking to that. Do you have any final thoughts uh, about the episode about Erica, about Kyle, mm, about the candle, just, about Kathy's candle, about the candle? Um, no, no further questions about the candle. Actually, <laughs> don't talk to me about the candle any longer. I um, just basically that I'm like thrilled to continue to watch this downfall and even though I'm not of the opinion that Erica was like a mastermind knowing that he was stealing money from quote-unquote widows and orphans like she clearly is complicit in this situation and I'm just like I'm ready to watch this unfold I've got my popcorn I've got my playbill and I'm in the seats so I have a, a final question for you. Who do you think mm-hmm. is going to screw themselves over by being on their respective seasons of Housewives more, Erica or Jen Shaw? Jen. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel that I feel that way just because Erica's at least a little more calculated and I think the way she's doing this is wrong. Jen is a straight up straight up agent of chaos. <laughs> and I can't wait to watch it. I truly can't. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, we're really dawning on the age of Salt Lake City, and I'm just like so excited about it. I'm so excited. Oh, I am did you, ready. Did you see where Mary called Heather racist? Oh, the I other day? oh, I did. Yeah, <laughs> and I shared it to my story, and I had a friend being like, "Do you believe this?" And I was like, "I shared this to my story because of the Canva graphic that she <laughs> decided to share. It that this is her way of calling out racism. Like, don't get it twisted. I'm not on anyone's side. Yeah." It was just the choice. The messaging was a choice. Her, you know, it's it's so funny because before Salt Lake even started, it was back when they just announced the cast. I started following Mary on Instagram and I remember texting my best friend and being like, yo, you need to fucking peep this woman's Instagram. It's crazy. And like I knew that we were in for something wild. And then it was like we all got to see it unfold on the first season. Ugh, like the dividends on that investment. You'll never mm, know. So mm, mm, <laughs> love it. Love it. Tell everybody again where they can find you and all that good stuff. Yeah. 
Okay, so you can find me on Instagram at what the Faust, and it's mostly pictures of my nudes. I'm gonna be straight it's with you. So if you want to see me naked, so hot. It's, uh, <laughs> it's mostly nudes um but we love it that's just i always say that my social media mo is nudes on the main and my dog and stories that's all you're gonna get from me um and then i have a podcast called real hits of the housewives it's very fun new episodes release on mondays and then i'm actually now doing a weekly um patreon only series with my former uh, a former guest from Real Heads of the Housewives Kristen Kagey she's a model she was on America's Next Top Model Cycle 19 she's a Bravo yeah. head and she's a New Yorker and so now we are covering Summer House from the beginning so that's yeah. on the Patreon um and follow the podcast uh, at r h o h pod Perfect. And I will put the information for the podcast in the episode description if you guys want to check it out with that Hannah, thank you. This was an absolute treat and delight. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me. This was the best. I'm so excited. You have a great day and pet RuPaul for me. I will. I'll talk to you soon. (laughs) Okay. Bye, girl. Bye.